You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, and I'm here with a quick preview of number three Ohio State's matchup with Rutgers this coming Saturday afternoon in the Horseshoe. Both Paige and Chad have the evening off. Paige is traveling. Chad's working late, so you're stuck with yours truly here for the next 15 to 20 minutes while I look at the matchup with Rutgers. Before I do that, though, I have a couple of quick follow-up thoughts, kind of looking back on last Saturday's blowout win over Wisconsin. And I referred to this on Sunday's pod immediately after the game. I just thought it was coaching malpractice by head coach Paul Christ and Wisconsin offense coordinator Bobby Ingram not to test the Ohio State cornerbacks more in that game than they did. Now you have a true freshman in Jair Brown and a redshirt freshman in J.K. Johnson out there on islands. You know you have an absolute ruthless machine in the Ohio State offense that you have to try and keep up with. Why not throw up a few jump balls and see if you can get lucky if you're Paul Christ and Bobby Ingram? You also had Chris punting on fourth and one from his own 44 down 21 to zip in the first quarter. I mean, you have Braylon Allen and a good offensive line. You don't think that you can get that yard? I mean, also, you fall behind by four touchdowns and you only attempt 21 passes in the game. Look, I don't want to take anything away from Ohio State. They look great in pretty much every phase for the second week in a row. But after taking a few days to think about it, you know, Wisconsin did not really play to win in that game at all. I mean, at least not on offense. You saw a little more fight out of the Wisconsin defense in the second half. But man, their game plan offensively was a joke. And I'm wondering how much more time Paul Christ might have in Madison. I know personally, if I'm a Wisconsin fan, I think I'd like to see what Jim Leonard can do running that program. Okay, so we're only four games into the regular season. But how huge has it been that players like Tommy Eichenberg, Cade Stover, and Mayan Williams have all taken the leap from rotational players to major contributors? I mean, in the case of Eichenberg and Stover, we might be talking first team all Big Ten. I don't think that's any exaggeration. And who knows, Mayan Williams might even make an all Big Ten team. I think you have something special when your top end guys play like the best at their positions in the country. I'm talking about the likes of CJ Stroud, Emeka Egbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., Paris Johnson Jr., Donovan Jackson. I mean, I think you have those players right now playing as well as any player in the country at their respective positions. But then you have some lower rated kids on your roster evolving from rotational players into major contributors. And I think that's how you raise your ceiling from just a playoff contender to a legitimate national title threat. And and I think there is a difference between those two. It, It might be razor thin, but there is a difference. And I think that's what Ohio State has this year. I think maybe last year we didn't have enough of that. You, you saw, well, we had some inexperience at some key positions, namely a quarterback. And we had our top end, our absolute top end players, the Alabes, Wilsons, Smith and Jigbas. But what we didn't have last year was kind of the, the middle of that roster. 
the the rotational guys from the previous year evolve into major contributors. And that's what we're seeing so far this year with Eichenberg, Stover, and Mayan Williams. I think you also add to that the fact that you have a star-studded 2021 class as sophomores now all starting to come into their own and play major, major roles on this year's team. That's another key ingredient, I think, for a legitimate national title threat. This is a thought I had during the week. And I think that's why we've seen Ohio State really just take this massive leap uh, between weeks two and three against Toledo and against Wisconsin. They've just played at a completely different level than they did in the first two weeks. Okay, one last thought before we dive into the Rutgers matchup. Actually, it's a question. Has Jackson Smith and Jigba played his last game in a Buckeye uniform? Now, Ryan Day said earlier this week that there is now no timetable for JSN's return. I got to say, you know, if I'm Jackson Smith and Jigba coming off a 1,600-yard, nine-touchdown sophomore year, and I'm dealing with a nagging hamstring injury this season that I've already re-aggravated once, attempting to come back too soon, which is what happened against Toledo. And I have millions of dollars hanging in the balance. I don't know. I mean, we're only four games in, but I would have to consider it. I certainly would not blame him if that's what he's thinking right now. We don't know how serious that hamstring injury is. We'll probably never know until well after the fact. But uh, I I don't know. I think Smith and Jigba has to be thinking about it. And I hope Ohio State fans are preparing for the possibility. I'm not saying it's a certainty. I'm not even predicting it. But I think in this day and age, I think you have to prepare for it if you're an Ohio State fan. And, And, you know, the decision for Smith and Jigba could be made all the more easy given the fact that Emeka Ibuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. are playing so well and that the offense as a whole is playing so well. I mean, he's probably less inclined to feel like he's leaving his teammates hanging by not coming back because they're playing so well. So, and I understand that that's a far lesser consideration than the NFL money, of course. And as a huge fan, of course, I want JSN back, but I certainly wouldn't blame him if he didn't want to risk it. So whether he plays this season or not, I think he's a first-round pick. I don't think he needs to play another season to prove to NFL scouts that he is, uh, you know, that he is an NFL caliber, first-round caliber. I mean, you know, we look at what Jamar Chase did uh, back during the COVID season. Now, in his case, he wasn't dealing with an injury, but he sat out the COVID year and uh, didn't matter. He was a first-round pick. He tested well at the Combine, and, you know, he was an immediate impact player as a rookie for the Bengals. So... I don't know, Ohio State fans, you might want to brace yourself. Uh, I'm hoping for the best here, but you might want to brace yourself uh, that JSN may very well have played his last game in a Buckeye uniform. Okay, let's dive into this Rutgers matchup. The Scarlet Knights visit the Horseshoe this coming Saturday afternoon. The game is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kick on Big Ten Network. The line is Ohio State minus 40 and a half. I mean, that's almost as bad as the line against Arkansas State, which is 44 and a half, I believe. The over-under is 59. Ohio State is 8-0 all-time against the Scarlet Knights, averaging 53 and a half points a game in this series and winning by an average margin of 42 and a half. The Buckeyes pummeled Rutgers last season in in Piscataway, 52-13. Now, as we all know, Rutgers is led by former Ohio State defensive coordinator Greg Schiano. Now in his third season of his second stint with the program, Schiano, as we all know, was 
the head coach there from 2001 to 2011. The Scarlet Knights come into this game at 3-1 and one with a pretty decent win over Boston College and wins over Wagner and Temple. The win over BC and also Temple were on the road. And Rutgers' only loss so far was just this last Saturday at home against Iowa, 27-10, a game in which they outgained the Hawkeyes, 361-277, to but allowed two defensive touchdowns, a pick six, and a scoop and score that were basically the difference in the game. Man, how bad are you offensively, if you're the Hawkeyes, by the way, being outgained by this Rutgers team, 361 to 277. Now, if everyone is healthy, Greg Schiano will alternate quarterbacks between Gavin Wimsat, who was a top 200 player in the 2021 class, and Evan Simon. Wimsat, who missed the Iowa game with an injury, and I believe his status is up in the air for, for the Ohio State game, is a really good athlete who's much more of a runner than a thrower. He's averaging over eight yards a carry so far this season. Simon, on the other hand, is a pro-style quarterback who threw for 300 yards last week against a pretty good Iowa defense. He also threw two picks in the game, though, including the, the aforementioned pick six. Rutgers has a speedy receiver named Aaron Cruikshank, who Ohio State fans will remember last season in Piscataway against Ohio State had a 75-yard touchdown reception. Now, outside of those names, I honestly don't know who else is worth mentioning on the Rutgers offense. They are pretty dreadful, uh, statistically. 97th nationally in total offense, 96th in offensive yards per play, 111th in passing offense. Now, they can run the ball a little bit. They're 43rd nationally in rushing offense. Their best running threat after Wimsett is probably Al-Shady Salam, who averages just under six yards a carry. Finally, on defense... Rutgers ain't bad. You have to consider the competition, of course, but at the moment, the Scarlet Knights are ninth nationally in total defense, giving up 250 yards a game. They're 10th in defensive yards per play. Uh, That's 4.16 yards per play that they're averaging right now. They're second nationally against the run, allowing 56 and a half yards a game. And they're a respectable 35th against the pass, giving up 193 yards per game. Now, granted, all those numbers uh, have come against have not come against, uh, you know, offenses that uh, that probably measure even close to what Ohio State's going to bring to the table on Saturday. So, you know, I don't want to waste too much of everyone's time here trying to talk up a 40 and a half point underdog and a program that only once in the eight games they've played has come within four touchdowns of Ohio State on the field. In games like these, where the outcome is all but certain, I like to find one or two areas to watch. Usually it's an area where I you know, I really want to see some improvement. So now the last time Shiano brought his team to Ohio Stadium was back in 2020. We remember he junked that game up pretty good, ran a bunch of trick plays. I mean, he, he ran every trick play in the book, got a couple of cheap scores, and was able to make the second half of that game somewhat interesting. And, and I'm expecting more of that in this game. And unlike Wisconsin, I think Shiano is going to try to take some shots down the field against the Ohio State corners. Whether it's Denzel Burke and Cam Brown, the word is that they're both going to try and play or they both intend to play. Or it's J.K. Johnson and Jair Brown. And that's, that's the one area that's still a bit of a question mark for this Ohio State defense. So I'm expecting these young corners to get some work on Saturday. And I'm anxious to see how they respond, even if it's only against Rutgers. And beyond that, I just want Ohio State to come out of this game as healthy as possible. They've had a lot of kids miss time so far this season. 
just, you know, turn out the lights on Rutgers as quickly as possible and let your reserves finish this game and let's get everybody out of there as healthy as possible. So my concernometer readout for this game is a one. I don't think this Ohio State team, with the way they're playing right now, is going to allow any of the same funny business that happened in the second half of the 2020 game against Rutgers, the last time these two teams played in the horseshoe. My score prediction is Ohio State 56, Rutgers 14. Now, I also have score predictions in absentia from our friends Paige and Chad. Paige likes the Buckeyes 55 to 13. Chad has it 63 to 13 Buckeyes. Lastly, there are a few other games happening around the country. I'll be keeping an eye on this Saturday. The first is number four, Michigan at Iowa. The line is Michigan minus 11. The over-under is 42. Now, Kinnick is usually a really tough place to go as a top five team. A lot of upsets happen there. Ohio State remembers what happened there back in 2017, not to bring up any painful memories for all the Buckeye fans listening out there. And, you know, look, Michigan looked shaky last week. I mentioned on, on Sunday's pod, they looked very shaky against Maryland at home. A Maryland team that I people are trying to convince me is an improved program, an improved team. I, I'm still not convinced they're any good. J.J. McCarthy made a lot of mistakes that you would expect from a young quarterback, tried to do too much in that game. I think he'd be in trouble if he's going to try that against Iowa. However, you know... As good as the Iowa defense is, and I think they're going to keep the Hawkeyes in this game for a while, the offense is just downright awful. So I think UM gets it done, and I think they cover. I think this is a close game into the fourth quarter, but I think Michigan pulls away, and I think they cover that 11-point line. Another game I'm going to be watching, number 10 NC State at number 5 Clemson. The line is Clemson minus six and a half. The over-under is 39 and a half. Now, this might be the game of the day. I think Clemson probably gets it done by the skin of their teeth. But I would not be surprised if NC State went in there and beat Clemson. The quarterback play's been a little shaky. That offense, they're still great on defense, Clemson is, although their secondary is a little suspect. Um, great defensive line. I'm still leaning with Clemson, though. I think by the skin of their teeth, they get it done against the Wolf Pack. Finally, number two, Bama at number 20, Arkansas. The line is Bama minus 17 and a half. The over-under is 61. Hey, this was a pretty good game in Tuscaloosa last year. Bama won at 42 to 35. I don't think they ever trailed in the game and they had several double-digit leads in the game, but Arkansas never quit and they came back and it was a one-score game at the start of the fourth quarter. Bama hangs on 42 to 35. I'm not sure how good the Hogs are this season. I like Bama. And I think I like him even to cover that 17 and a half point spread. Okay, that's going to do it for me. I will be back on Sunday with a recap of the Rutgers game. Until then, thanks so much for listening and go Bucks. been listening to the south stands a buckeye football podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com